Hello, one and all, and welcome to Friends of the Force. I am your host, Brad Whipple. Joining me today on From a Certain Point of View is a very, very special guest. She is the host of the Geeky Bubble podcast. She is the keeper of the Wookiee Gunner, and she's very, very active on Twitter. I'm sure you've seen many of her tweets covering things like San Diego Comic-Con and all the good stuff. So uh, she's a huge fan of Star Wars animation. That's what we're going to be talking about a lot today, and we're going to be getting into her first experiences with Star Wars and what it means to her. So, without further ado, let's find out, from a certain point of view, what Star Wars means to Jonah Marie Macias. You told me Vader betrayed and murdered my father. Your father was seduced by the dark side of the Force. He ceased to be Anakin Skywalker and became Darth Vader. When that happened, the good man who was your father was destroyed. So what I told you was true, from a certain point of view. A certain point of view? Luke, you're going to find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. Joining me today is Jonah Marie Macias from the Wookie Gunner and the Geeky Bubbly podcast. John Marie, how's it going today? I'm doing well. I, I can't wait to talk about star wars and a new <laughs> podcast that I, I i just recently got to learn more about so this is exciting thank yeah. you for having me thank you for coming on the show any day that somebody agrees to come on this brand new podcast that i'm still baffled at how it continues to to live on um, i'm just happy that i'm getting people on here to talk about their experiences with star wars and it, it makes me happy to to learn about new people's perspectives on star wars uh on from a certain point of view so i'm, I'm very excited to have you on um, before we get started into the the meat of today's conversation, do you want to tell our listeners about the Wookie Gunner, about Geeky Bubbly Podcast, and or Geeky Bu- Geeky Bubble Podcast, excuse me, uh, and just more about what you do in general? I want to call it Geeky Bubbly now. That sounds so much cooler. <laughs> I I think it wanted to roll off my tongue that way because it ends in a Y, and I was like Geeky Bubbly. I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I love that though. Um, but yeah, the wookiegunner.com, um, and that's Wookiee with two E's because I know people still spell it with one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's where I usually write the uh, my perspective and my opinions and any other news that I want to share pertaining to the Star Wars animated shows. And uh, the Geeky Bubble podcast, uh, soon to be named Geeky Bubbly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is a podcast that I originally started with my mom, Maria, and it was originally called Rebels Chat. And that's where we started talking about Star Wars Rebels and you're doing our commentary episodes. And then we started doing Star Wars The Clone Wars and now we're doing Star Wars Resistance. So with so many animated shows that we've added on, we thought it best to just give the name, give give it a rebrand and, mm. you know, something that would encompass all of these geeky things that we talk about. So that's yeah. how that came about. So what's it like getting your, your mom involved with your podcast? Because I know there are a few podcasts out there. I know there's one, well, Tattooing Sons is obviously one that comes to my mind. And As Father and Son, I believe, is the other one. Um, mm-hmm. So there's definitely some podcasts out there with the, you know, son and father, mother-daughter duo. And I, I love that idea. So how, how did you get your mom involved in all this? Yeah, so I got my mom involved because I had the po- podcast bug and I wanted to do a show 
on this new animated series that was coming out at the time, which was Star Wars Rebels. And at the time I was, and I still am very shy when it comes to approaching people for things and asking them, hey, do you want to collaborate on this? Mm -hmm. And so at the time I, I felt very nervous about doing that and finding someone who would uh, be flexible with their schedule. So I thought, why don't I ask my mom? <laughs> <laughs> Who's more and, flexible in their schedule than your exactly, own mother? <laughs> exactly. And I knew she would say yes. And yeah. I knew that it was also a great opportunity for us to just be able to hang out more because, mm -hmm. you know, she has her day job. I have my day job. And usually when we come home to our respective homes, we just, it's just, you know, adult life that we yep. have to handle and all these other things get involved. And, and so I decided why, why not just come together for one night and talk about this random show that's on TV right now. So yeah. yeah. Podcasting is so fun because you're really just taking probably the conversations you're having with your mom anyways, and just putting it out for the world to hear and hoping somebody listens to it. And yes! obviously, yeah. you know, uh, you know, you guys have been definitely successful with that. You, you know, you're closing in on uh, almost a thousand followers here for the uh, Geeky Bubble podcast, and that's that's a really exciting milestone. Um, yeah. So what's I mean, what's the whole experience been like for you, just getting into this podcasting community, um, and, and also just finding the the right subsections of people that will listen. It's been such a fun ride because not only do I get to learn more about her perspective and how she thinks about certain things, but she also gets to know more about how I think and, and function as, as a fangirl. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's been fun doing the podcast because that also opens up other fun opportunities for us. So like, uh, I, I brought her to celebration for the first time at Chicago and a lot of people recognized her because of our podcast. And she was just so in awe that so many people listen to what she has to say. <laughs> and I also had the experience of going to Lucasfilm with her and I never thought that would ever happen. Yeah. And, and that was just a wonderful, wonderful memory because here we are walking down the halls of Lucasfilm and it started because you know, we did this little tiny podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's and, like a dream come true, really. Yeah, it really you know? is. And then, you know, we talk about Star Wars and we were actually there breathing it. It was just yeah. like all around us. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, well, definitely want to talk more a little about that. But, you know, if you go to the Wookiee Gunner uh, Twitter page, you can't help but notice the cover photo of you talking with Dave Filoni. I mean, that's kind of a big deal also. So do you want oh, to talk yeah. a little bit about that and, and what that experience was like? Yeah, so that was for that same trip. So we went to San Francisco as a way to watch the, uh, the, the some of the last episodes of Star Wars Rebels. And it was uh, Jedi Knight, uh, those very, very intense, uh, super sad episodes. Yeah. And uh we, I was also asked to be on the stage with Dave Filoni and ask him any questions about those episodes. And I remember getting that email and freaking out. <laughs> it, was, it had to have been, if I remember correctly, it was around midnight and my time. And I, I remember asking my mom, oh my gosh, should I do this? Can, can I do this? Because the thing about me is I grew up 
with a really bad reading comprehension and just my education wasn't all that great. So I, I never had the confidence to talk about stuff the way that I do now because I, I just never thought, I just didn't think I could communicate it well and intelligently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but over time I, I managed to overcome that. And, and so I, I just kept going back to that mentality. Like, can I do this? Am I, am I capable of doing something like this? <laughs> yeah. Um, and my mom said, you know, if you don't do it, then it's, it, it's you're never going to get the chance again. You never yeah. know if this is ever going to happen again. And you know, I thought about it that way. And, 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 you know, I said, yes, I'll do it. Yeah. And, and even thinking on Star Wars, Yoda says the greatest teacher is failure. So even if you went up there and it didn't work out, you know, at least you tried. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so when I went over there with her, uh, we went to uh, tour the place and uh, we also had a chance to see uh, some. Well, I had the chance to see the episodes ahead because I asked my mom whether she wanted to. And she's like, no, I want to experience <laughs> it with everyone else, with the entire audience. Right. <laughs> but OK. But because I needed to have these questions prepared, I saw. I believe it was the first two because it was a four episode event that we were yeah. watching that evening. And I only got to see the first two or three. I forget now. And uh, and I just I I'm, I'm I'm in my hotel room watching these episodes and thinking, oh, my God, what are, <laughs> what are we in for tomorrow? Oh, <laughs> this man. audience is in for. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm coming up with questions and, and I even started rehearsing it with my mom when we had some downtime. And, you know, I'd, I pretend to be at the front of the room and, and she'd be my audience. And I'd, <laughs> oh, I'd run that's such a great through, way. <laughs> run through my introduction. That is so great. <laughs> and I love that. And she'd give me pointers. And, and yeah, that was, I, I was just so nervous that I, I wanted to really make a good impression. And, excuse me. And I, and it all worked out well. I mean, there were certain mm-hmm. parts that I, I would, of course, we're all our own worst critics. So I, I was taking it hard on myself afterward, but overall, I think I did a pretty good job considering it was my first time ever being on a stage like that. Um, with a, with someone like him, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's, he's the mastermind behind so much right now. And even getting into live action with the Mandalorian, he is really the future of star Wars in a way. And I think he is the next George Lucas, you could almost say, because he is just so creative. He's so visionary and he understands the franchise all because he learned from the very man himself, George Lucas. Yeah. So exactly. it's it's pretty incredible what Filoni's doing and to have that kind of opportunity is a once in a, a lifetime experience. Really, truly. And, and and I'm like, if you guys ever need me again, just let me know. I'll be happy to fly over. <laughs> hint, hint, nudge, nudge. <laughs> Please invite me more. <laughs> um, but just that one time was spectacular. And yeah. that's the only time I ever it ever happens. And you know, I, I, I go I go down happy. <laughs> and I would never change that Wookiee Gunner uh, Twitter banner if I were you, because that is, is, is such a thing to be proud of. But when you when you uh, when you're going to the Lucasfilm, uh, when you're going to visit Lucasfilm on this trip, what is that like when you're first walking into that courtyard and you get the statue of Yoda there, the fountain, and and you take those first steps into that that building? Like, what is that experience like for you? I really want to get into you know the emotion behind it and and what's going through your mind because it's got to be crazy. 
Yeah, I remember because there's a parking lot nearby. And from the parking lot, you get to see the Yoda statue, the Yoda fountain. And I, I remember pointing it out and going, Mama, it's, oh, my God, it's the Yoda statue. <laughs> <laughs> so we're both freaking out. And and then before we ever even enter the doors, we're, we're taking selfies with Yoda. And trying, trying <laughs> of course. <laughs> And and then once we go in, because at first I thought, can we go in? Can we can we actually pull the door open? And I see a few employees come in and out, and I'm like, I think we can. Let's 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 go for it. <laughs> so we go in, and it's just it just your you, your breath just gets caught in that moment, and you're you're surrounded by all these little uh exhibit cases and and things that they put on display and they change out every once in a while and you know there was a Darth Vader uh costume there and and just the the, the architecture it was just so beautiful to be in there and you see Lucasfilm on the wall or, or uh, somewhere in that area and and I was just in awe the entire mm-hmm. time and 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 so nervous because I thought how is this even happening <laughs> <laughs> you're like pinching yourself when am I going to wake up <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> and I mean it's where the magic's happening it's where you know to, at least to my knowledge pens go in the paper and they're creating the the future of Star Wars that we're just waiting to find out about precisely yeah it's yeah. it's insane so when you were growing up when was your when was your first experience or introduction into star wars because you, you know you bring your mom on the podcast so i'm assuming that she probably had a background in star wars or a love for it originally so did you did you pick that up from her as well oh yeah yeah i definitely picked that up from her and from my uncle um i remember my uncle had read those early books after return of the jedi and my mom would have the movies playing in the background. Um, so my first experience was very young. And I remember um, one of the memories that I have of A New Hope was me sitting in front of the television and just feeling the uh, the tension that was going on in the uh, garbage compactor scene, the trash compactor scene. Yeah. I, I remember feeling nervous at that point. Like, how are they going to get out? Are they, are they yeah. going to get out? <laughs> and 3PO is definitely not helping your anxiety no. during that kind of scene either. <laughs> will you shut up and listen to me? Shut down all the garbage mashers on the detention level, will you? Do you copy? Shut down all the garbage mashers on the detention level. Shut down all the garbage mashers on the detention level. No, shut them all down. Hurry. <laughs> They're dying, R2. Curse my metal body. I wasn't fast enough. It's all my fault. My poor master. We're all right. And and Chewie screaming and and all this stuff is happening and right. yeah I, I was freaking out. <laughs> it's such a classic moment because it's like they think this plan's gonna go according to what they design is just completely going wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and that that was like my first vivid memory of of that movie. And then from that that point forward, I I didn't stick with it as much. I know. 
that once I had an N64 and the prequels came out, I got into uh, Episode One Racer. Oh, I love that game. Blessed that game. That is just, <laughs> whew. Yeah. That is like the childhood game of all of our lives. It's so great. Yes. <laughs> and I know my brother had also played Knights of the Old Republic. So uh-huh. I'd watch what he was doing, even though I never really played myself. But I was aware of it. And um, and I know it's completely non-Star Wars related. But I also ha- had GoldenEye 007, which Classic. is another perfect game. Classic yeah for the n64 <laughs> hey i know it's not star wars related but that's the show you talk about whatever you want so we can make this a golden eye podcast if you want <laughs> yes <laughs> that'll be a bonus episode <laughs> oh gosh but yeah and then from that point forward i got a little bit into the prequels and uh-huh. it wasn't until star wars the clone wars aired um in theaters uh, was released in theaters that i really got into star wars again as an Uh older adult so the the one thing i do know about you is animation is pretty much everything for you at this point i mean that that is what the wookie gunner is about what um geeky bubble podcast is about i'm still struggling saying not trying not to say bubbly (laughs) (laughs) so excuse me if i do it's just they're both great names anyways but um so that's what your shows and the and the website's all about. You guys are focused on animation. So what is it about animation that really sticks with you over live action? Yeah, so I grew up watching a lot of cartoons. I know I know this isn't a thing that parents should do with their kids, but my mom would put on TV to distract me <laughs> when she had to do things in the kitchen, when she had to do other household responsibilities. Yeah. So the TV was my the thing that would hypnotize me and mesmerize me. And to be honest, I kind of feel like that's why TV was invented. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? That's exactly why. And it worked for me. And and so I was watching all these cartoons growing up, DuckTales, Goof, Goof Troop, and mm-hmm. Bonkers, and all these other Disney-related shows. And um, I just grew up loving animation. And then when I saw that Star Wars was tapping into that, because even though they had done droids and the Ewok show years ago, I, I never actually saw that myself. Mm-hmm. So I, I wasn't aware of it until... I started diving into Star Wars a bit more. And and so when Star Wars The Clone Wars was something that was becoming a reality, I thought, oh my gosh, this is this is awesome. It's combining animation, which is something that I really love, and Star Wars, which is something else right. I also love. And and I thought this is genius because to me, animation, it's it's unlimited. You can do anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at that World Between Worlds episode oh, with Ezra and Ahsoka. Yeah. I, I honestly, I, yeah, you can see it in live action. You can see it happen in live action, but it's just what they managed to do with it in that episode. It's just, it, it to me, it was one of their m- most amazing accomplishments uh, from the Lucasfilm animation department. I would agree. It was some of the most mind-bending things we've ever seen in Star Wars because it introduced, I mean, it introduced the idea of like time travel, but it's not like, traditional time travel it's more of it's still fitting within the universe of star wars because it's very like driven by the cosmic force and the idea of like mortis and the son and the daughter and it's all very like cosmic and just out of this world so it doesn't feel like too sci-fi it it feels very fantasy 
Right. That's right. why I think it works and 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 uh, rebels. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know most of that and if you were to do live action, most of that would be animated anyway. It's just a different type of <laughs> animation. Right. So so it's just like I I would prefer to see it uh, as as the way that Lucasfilm animation department wants to put out there. And so uh, that's why I personally gear towards more the animated side. And and to be honest, that's where most of the awesome Star Wars weird things that we love come, have come from. Mm-hmm. That, those, that, you, those Mortars episodes that you just mentioned and you know, World Between Worlds and all these other very out there concepts were mm-hmm. introduced in these animated shows. And I like that they're able to experiment in those, in those series. I really appreciate your, your love for the animation. And I think I, I do wish more people would watch it more, not, you know, more, obviously the diehard star Wars fans are all watching the animation, but even more of the mainstream audience who just goes to the movies. Like I wish it was as common of a thing. Cause I think a lot of people would really find, a lot of things to connect to within those stories. Um, even characters like Ahsoka and Captain Rex, like there's just such great characters that will probably never, I mean, I hope we see them on live action eventually, but they're such great stories. And I even, I keep bringing this up that CNBC article that came out a couple weeks ago. It was like, here's the, here's the character you've never heard of Ahsoka Tano. And I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, well for a lot of people, like you said, they don't know. They're yeah. not aware that Ahsoka is a thing. Yeah. And so I think that was an article geared towards that audience. Yeah. Whereas for us, it's like, oh yeah, we knew that. Like, <laughs> yeah. <years ago. laughs> yeah. Insiders are like, Psh, okay. <laughs> but you know, I do hope, you know, even though it's a fun article to joke about, the reality is, I bet somebody out there read that article and went, wow, this sounds like a pretty cool character. And then they maybe went and binged the first season of Clone Wars and was like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. So, you know, it, it animation is the future of, of Star Wars and Lucasfilm in some respect, I think, because you you get to tell different kinds of stories that you can't tell live action. There's, a, there's more of a sense of disbelief uh, or suspension of disbelief, excuse me. Um, that you can get with animated as well because you can really go to any extreme that you want and not have to worry too much about the execution of it in terms of like the visuals because the visuals are just really who whoever's creating it drawing it you know you don't have to build these like giant live action sets like you you know those are sometimes constraints for a live action show or tv show yeah yeah it's a great way of putting it you know the suspension of disbelief um that's yeah thank you for saying that (laughs) because i you know maybe that wouldn't have the world between worlds might have not worked in a live action uh format first but in animation it works really really well yeah yeah what what do you really uh which characters are your are some of your favorites because you know we got clone wars we got rebels we got resistance we cannot ever forget resistance we never will forget resistance it's so good I love so it. <laughs> um, and I can't wait for the second season. I keep scratching my head wondering when it's going to happen. But what are, uh, I guess you could tell me maybe what's one of your favorite characters from each of those. And then in, in general, like what have, what have been some of the, uh, some of the lessons that you've learned from those characters stories? Like how has it changed your perspective on star Wars? Great question. Okay. So let's do this. Star Wars, <laughs> the clone wars. So my favorite character, or in this case, characters for Star Wars The Clone Wars, are Rex and Ahsoka. 
and uh, Rex, because I, I naturally call him my fictional husband. Uh, <laughs> I have the, I love that man uh, uh, with so much, so much love and passion. <laughs> we, Rex would be a great husband. I gotta yeah. admit, he would be perfect to, yeah, that, yeah, he's, he's a good loyal. guy. He's just so good at heart. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing, not a bad bone in that man's body. I agree um, with that. <laughs> But uh, Rex and Ahsoka, I love their friendship. And I mm-hmm. think that's one of the things that I took away the most from Star Wars The Clone Wars is that their friendship helped them overcome some of the harshest experiences that they had throughout that series, especially at the very end. Um, I mean, I know we haven't seen it yet, and I know that uh, it's coming in Star Wars, the, Clone, the, the new Star Wars, the Clone Wars episodes. But the the fact that Rex took out his chip and if, if he hadn't done that, he would have gunned her down when that yeah. Order 66 execution order went went out. So I, I love that. He did that, and that because of their friendship, he was able to help her escape, and and that's how Sokotano becomes the the person that we see in Rebels. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for Rex, so yeah. yeah, he's been pivotal in her journey, and I I love the fact that it's um, I, I feel like in Star Wars we get a lot of like romantic relationships, and it's a breath of fresh air to just have like a really pure, good platonic relationship between two characters that are just like really closely intertwined but don't have to be like romantically involved yeah and i think that's why it's so easy for a lot of people to just connect with that because they're just so like they're best friends they're just such good friends with each other and having that reunion in rebels full transparency where we can we can talk spoilers and and stuff about rebels and and all that so um (laughs) having that reunion in rebels was one of the most satisfying payoffs I've, i've gotten in animation God, I remember when they first hugged. It was just my heartstrings were tugged and I, I was tearing up. And yeah. it was so beautiful because even though so many years passed by where they weren't in communication, they were they, it was so easy for them to pick things back up right. because they, they know that they know each other that well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's it's incredible. And, and seeing did you go to the um, Clone Wars panel at Celebration? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Funny story for myself real quick, but I was trying to get into like the Galaxy Sun stage or whatever it was called. Um, and it was filling up pretty fast to capacity and there was five minutes to go. And I just decided to book it to the arena because I wasn't sure. I was like, I'm, we're not going to make it into this room. I might as well try for the big one. And there were so many seats in there. Oh. It was ridiculous. But we sprinted to that panel and it was it was worth it. Yeah. Um, what was your reaction <laughs> seeing some of that footage? You know, with Ahsoka being her being one of your favorite characters and the orange helmeted clones that's just like beautifully animated and, and one of the coolest looking clone troopers I've seen. And that trailer ending with Ahsoka doing all these acrobatics, landing on the platform, igniting her lightsabers and the explosion going up behind her. I was like, this is the most jaw dropping stuff I've ever seen in my life. That's it. Exactly. My (laughs) jaw was dropping. It was on the floor. I thought this is I, everything I ever wanted and didn't know that I needed. (laughs) So good. I, I, she was in a lot of ways, her movements because of how fluid the animation has become over these past couple of years, it reminded me a lot of Avatar The Last Airbender, which is another 
animated series that I love wholeheartedly. And so, so good. yeah, right. And so I, I was just thinking how amazing this is going to look once it's released and, and her with Maul and, and yeah, those, those troopers that were representing her and uh, honoring her and, and showing that they're loyal to her. I, I thought that was beautiful because even though she left and she, she left, unfortunately not saying goodbye to Rex and all these other troopers that she's been, it's just she's interacted with over these years. They mm-hmm. still understood where she was coming from, and and they wanted to pay respect to her. And I just thought that was, uh, it was I was tearing up. It was that beautiful of a moment. Goosebumps, just mm-hmm. so many goosebumps. It hurt. <laughs> so we got the Clone Wars coming out soon. I think it's probably dropping in twenty twenty. They're gonna give some breathing room for the Mandalorian, which makes me sad because I really want my Clone Wars right now. <laughs> uh, I'm like, how can you leave me with Sam Whitworth saying to Ahsoka Tano, why are you here? And yeah. then just, that's it. No. I was hoping for Kenobi. Why are you here? <laughs> I uh, hope we get another trailer at D23. That would be awesome. That would be epic. Yeah. Oh my gosh. By the time this comes out, I think this will come out the Monday before this episode will be out the Monday before D23. So if you're listening to this and it's afterwards and there's a trailer, let's celebrate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> um, so moving on to, to Rebels. So we talked about Ahsoka and Rex right. for you and the fact that they were able to get through the harshest times. Uh, let's talk about Rebels a little bit. Who are who stands out for you in that series and why? That one's easy. You just have to go to my Twitter profile and you'll see it <laughs> right away. It's Ezra Bridger. <laughs> <laughs> so Ezra, Ezra is one of those characters who sadly doesn't get a lot of love. Uh, and I understand why, because he's that younger kid who thinks he knows better, but he actually doesn't. And mm-hmm. a lot of people, they saw him as this 14, 15 year old who they just wanted him to grow up dramatically and as quickly as possible they wanted him to get to the point where he is a total excuse my language badass but Mm -hmm. (laughs) but they wanted him to get to that point without learning and without experiencing all the mistakes and the failures that we all learn when we're growing up and so that character one of my favorite traits for that character is when he um, trusts, he puts too much trust and he sees the good in people. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I experience a lot. I, 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 I tend to give people the benefit of the doubt and I, I like to see the good in them. It's, it's backfired on me just like it's backfired on him. Mm-hmm. And, and I still think it's a strength, even though it can be considered a weakness. So that's something that I, it's one of those things that I, every time I think about Ezra, that's the trait that stands out the most to me Mm -hmm. because it's something that I identify with. He's a pretty great character. I mean, we, like you said, it's not right for his growth to be rushed throughout the show. It's, it's really been amazing to see him grow and have it be real and have it be relatable. Yeah. And I think that's what works for the character and, and seeing him go from this long haired teenage angsty kid to this you know, 
clean-cut Jedi who is dramatically changing the rebellion and impacting a lot of what's going to happen for our heroes down the line with Luke and Leia and Han Solo. Like he makes a diff- huge difference in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Um, and the only thing I can ask is hashtag where's Ezra? <laughs> yes, where's Ezra? <laughs> where is he? <laughs> and we're. I, <laughs> it's Ooh. funny because I actually had sent. Um, I had sent Dave Filoni a Christmas card mm-hmm. <laughs> last year because I thought, let me let me just try it. Let's, yeah. let's, let's see. And um, nothing ever came of it, which is it's OK by me. But I just wanted him to have a card that I made with Lothal's um, uh, structurous uh, pillars. I forget what they're called now. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, the iconic fall scene yeah with the jedi temple and so mm. i had the two moons above it and um it's very inside you know i thanked him for what he's done and you know i, I hear he's busy you know trying to like <laughs> trying to point out that he's working on the mandalorian and whatnot and uh and at the very end i put hashtag where's Ezra. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was something that I wanted to like. Hopefully, made him chuckle if you read it. So. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he he, he uh, opened the envelope, sitting in some sort of armchair with his cowboy hat. He just opens it up. He just giggles. He's like, "I know where Ezra is." <laughs> yeah, I know. He, he knows. He knows where he he's is. He's the keeper least, of all the knowledge. Oh. An inkling of it, he knows. He may not yeah. have full details, but. Yeah. I bet he has, with the mind that he has, he has some sort of a visual path of where mm-hmm. Ezra is in his mind. Yep. Well, I do love the cover art that you have for Ezra on your Twitter page. It's, it's fantastic. Who who uh, who did that for you? Oh, that was my best friend, Elisa. She's okay. an amazing artist. Her username is Elfadel. And uh, yeah, she drew that for me. Oh, actually, she had drawn she had drawn an Ezra related uh, piece of art, and I asked her if she could do something like "Hi there," because <laughs> Ezra <laughs> Ezra is known for. I mean, we've only seen him do it like two or three times, but he does this <laughs> awkward waving sort of thing. <laughs> That's what I was gonna bring up too, because your pin tweet it says, "Everyone who knows me knows I love," and it's just a gif of Ezra waving awkwardly with Chopper behind him. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's that's I just I love that that's his go to thing. And he even did it when he was on Cronest when he was meeting Sabine's family mm-hmm. and he goes hi and he lifts his hand <laughs> and then all the mandalorians pull out their pistols and their blasters <laughs> and, and yeah that's that's his go-to thing and I yeah just love it. Love i it. believe <laughs> this one was from when he's infiltrating thrawn's uh tie defender hangar bay i think this is the one um but i remember he does it there too and thrawn's yes, like get the boy <laughs> that's right yeah and then the one that i have pinned is the one where he and Saw they were doing that Saw Guerrera episode with Sabine and that giant dish, the communication yeah. dish. Yeah, that's that's where oh, it's from. <laughs> so good. Well, yeah, Ezra is a fantastic character to have as your favorite, and we'll we'll get to him more in a little bit here. Uh, finishing off with Resistance, brand new first season. Season two is coming out soon. Um, anybody who is a Star Wars fan, I feel like should love this show with their heart because it's just so pure. The cast for the show loves what they're doing they're so involved in it they're so into it and i think that really carries over into the personality of the characters and just the spirit of the show itself so who really who really stands out to you in this show 
Okay, yeah. So I, I think I have a few from this one because I, you know, it's still developing, so I can't help but mm-hmm. attach myself to certain characters. So definitely Kaz because, yeah. he, like you mentioned about the series itself, it's very pure, and he's just as pure. Like this, <laughs> this guy is just so <laughs> awesome, so sweet, yeah. um, but very awkward on land, <laughs> <laughs> a, a fish out of water, as they've been right. to describe him. <laughs> and I just, I love that that genuine, good-hearted nature of him, and and we need more of that, I mm-hmm. think, and. I also love Sonara. Sonara is one of those characters that really surprised me. I was happy that they developed her a little bit towards the very end. And I I definitely want to see more of her come season two because she she's interesting in terms of how she went from having, you know, being dealt a set of cars that weren't in her favor and she had to no choice be a pirate and through Tam, she was able to see all these other, another di- a different way, mm-hmm. and so I, I I love that about that character. You know, you're just because you had a bad rough start doesn't mean that you have to continue that way. There's mm-hmm. there's another way, and and then this one's very weird, very odd for me. But I love Commander Pyre. <laughs> <laughs> I I usually don't go for the villains or or the bad guys the antagonists. Yeah. But the Commander Pyre, the way Liam McIntyre voices that character, it just it really captured my attention and i thought man this guy is evil and he loves it yeah he's yeah he's a badass i i I do like him i i can't wait to i hope he's as heavily involved in season two um yeah he's a good one i'm hoping he'll make a live action appearance in rise of the rise of skywalker like that needs to happen (laughs) yeah i would i would love that um, I think I, I would love to see, I, I've, I've, I know Star Wars explained, I first got this idea, um, some giant battle happening in the rise of Skywalker where pretty much the resistance has to call in all of their forces. And I mean, to all of them and you get the fireball crew coming in and you get everybody involved and you see the janky ass, you know, speeder that, that, uh, Kaz drives just, <laughs> sputtering around with smoke coming out of the engine he's just like you know like farting out smoke pretty much um i would love to see them involved in 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 the movies somehow or some live action some sort i can totally see that happening yeah (laughs) let's make it happen (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so that's you know like you said resistance is is in its infancy right now so it's still kind of hard to tell who we truly align ourselves with or I personally, am, I like Niku a lot. He's so great. He's such a great co- comedic relief for the show um, yeah. and how naive he is in some ways and the fact that he doesn't really pick up on a lot of sayings. and <laughs> He's so literal. <laughs> yeah, he's so literal. And I, that's what I love about him. He kind of reminds me of Drax from Marvel. Oh, um, yes, that's you right. Know? So yeah. I see him as a Drax-like character almost. <laughs> I love that. And I can't yeah. wait to, because um, the actor who voices him, whose name is now escaping me, uh, he hasn't been involved too much in the convention scene. So I'm hoping mm-hmm. uh, for the uh, commentary episodes that they're releasing in the DVD, which is coming out August 20, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm really excited for that 
that Bebo episode. And I'm, I'm, I can't wait to hear what he has to say about Niku in that episode. Cause Niku is super dramatic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <in> that episode. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, I just looked it up. He's voiced by Josh Brenner. Yes. That's uh, right. Who, yeah. for those of you probably remember him from uh, as, as Baghetti from Silicon Valley, which is, he plays a great role in that show too. So the guy's a great actor. Um, he brings a lot of his personality to Niku too, which I think is why that character works. Yeah. So talking about just animation in general, like what do you, what do you see as the, the future of animation at, at Lucasfilm? I keep hearing the phrase, you know, look to the future of star Wars and the animation departments. And yeah. I, I think that says a lot about what they're doing. Yeah. The sky talkers made that one. I, I yeah. love that you said that because it's true. I think, that is an important source of Star Wars storytelling. And a lot of people skip over it and go straight for like the comics or the books. Mm-hmm. And I think that the animated shows are the place to continue to explore. And mm-hmm. especially now that we're nearing the end of the saga, like this is the perfect time to jump into a new series. Um, I mean, I love Resistance, but I also want to see what's going on with different parts of the universe or the galaxy and different groups, um, especially force sensitive wise. Like, I I just want to know I'm a huge fan of the force. So, you know, Rebels, Rebels really um, delivered on that. And so with Resistance, it's totally different. I love it. But I'm also missing those little parts of the Force. Like, I just, I want to know what's yeah. going on with the Force. And so I I think they still have a lot of ground to cover. And the animated shows are the best way to do it. And, and now there's this whole conversation about um, you know, trying to attract the next generation of fans and you know, and I think the animated shows are the way to do it. I would agree with that. It's it's a great gateway for young kids. And that's that's the reason you said you grew up watching a ton of cartoons. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, a lot of us probably did as well. And there's just something about it that you can relate to as a kid and attach to your, to it. So what what's your dream project for animation right now? Because a lot of unknowns are out there. And we know we got Resistance coming out. We know we got the Clone Wars, but not much else is happening in terms of announcements for uh, more animation. Maybe we'll get something at D23 here in a a couple weeks, but what is your dream project that you want to see come to fruition? Uh, Definitely a Sabine and Ahsoka looking for Ezra series Mm -hmm. because I know some people are like, uh, it would be okay if it's just a novel or a comic book, which I'm okay with as well. But I think these animated characters that were established in animated form need to continue their story that way. And so that I, ne- I need to see in animated form. I don't know whether I'll be comfortable seeing it in live action. I know some people are thinking, oh man, wouldn't it be great if they did a live yeah. action series? Maybe. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I mean, there's uh, John Favreau is just a genius when it comes to implementing technology that is revolutionary um, for filmmaking and developing television shows. So I'm sure whatever we'll see in The Mandalorian is going to blow our minds mm-hmm. and it's going to change our perspectives, uh, at least my perspective about 
translating animated characters into live action. But for now, I think, you know, because of the fact that they were established in animated form, I I would like to see their story continue that way. And, um, and if there, if, if not that, because I know that Dave has so many things on his plate that he might consider doing something like this in the, um, few years from now, hopefully not too long. Cause I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 33 Dave, you know, I don't know how many more years I have <laughs> left in me, especially given the political climate nowadays and just everything that's been going on climate wise. It's like, who knows? You never know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we, we barely escaped a, a meteor asteroid thing that, was, <laughs> that passed by us recently. So it's I know. Just like, Could you imagine if we get hit by a meteor before I, Rise of Skywalker? I mean, come on. What? What? That's insane. But yeah. that would be our luck, you know? I know. The post-apocalyptic world, most, star, or most people in the world would be, you know, scavenging for food and survival and shelter. Star Wars fans would just be like, running the Lucasfilm to try to get that reel of the Rise of Skywalker and steal it and, you know, loot it. it. (laughs) That should be the next, you know, the fanboys movie. That should be like the sequel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I, I, in terms of what other things could be in development, oh man, like that whole 30 year gap between the Return of the Jedi and um, Force Awakens. Like I I would Mm -hmm. love to see something uh, ben Solo slash Luke Skywalker related, and yeah. as, you know, especially regarding his the the, the teachings he was uh, putting out there for for newer students. So yeah, I, I'd love to see that stuff. Mm-hmm. So you don't you don't think it'd be uh, too much to keep treading over the the same time periods or the same characters? Like you're totally cool with um, getting even more stories developed for the some of the familiar people that were 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 known to oh yeah yeah Yeah. especially for the sequel trilogy i feel like Mm -hmm. there there needs to be uh, a little bit more to add meat to the the outline that we currently have and uh i mean because we've seen so much for some of the older the the older movies and even for the prequels and even because of clone wars so i i wanna i definitely want to explore more that time period and who knows maybe the other projects that are in development go a little bit further into the future or maybe much further into the past so uh, I either way, I, I'll be happy with whatever story they they manage to to give me. If it's an animated form, it's it's even it's a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree with you. Like I'm I'm a I'm a firm believer that I don't care if we're retreading over same time periods or characters. If it's a good story, I'll love it. Like mm-hmm. that's that's important to me. A good story, and there's a 30 year time gap for a reason. And Lucasfilm did that on purpose, and they have a lot a whole lot of other stories to tell. And I think Kylo and uh, Luke series would be really really interesting. Um, and that's probably something probably something we wouldn't get an announcement of until after the rise of Skywalker when we know the resulting fate of of uh, Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think that's a I think that's a great idea. I would love to explore that time period a lot more. It's yeah. a turbulent turbulent time in that universe, and to get a live action show kind of delving into the uh, the more bounty hunter underworld aspect of that of that uh, post Empire era. It'd be nice to get maybe a more forced look at the post-Empire era. What's happening with the Force? Like you said, you're more about the Force than the war. Uh, I I agree with you on that front, too. For sure. So so talking about uh, even uh, Sabine, Ezra, 
Thrawn in a, in a Soka TV show. I agree with you too. I think that works best as animation. I want to see, uh, it's crazy when you think about it because there's like, what, a 20 year? No, wait, I'm trying to think. Not yeah, that long. What's the gap it. between End of Rebels and, and Return of the Jedi? So End of Rebels and Return of the Jedi. Well, the epilogue took place around maybe, I'm guessing, maybe like within a year after Return okay. of the Jedi. Because, you know, you see those uh, X-Wings, I think they were. Yes. Yeah, uh, flying in. So I want to say that the, that's still present in, within the Return of the Jedi time period so yeah how long will it take for them to find as and then you know from a new hope to return of the jedi that was five years or, sh- or so yeah. so maybe that's been almost five to six years that ezra's mm-hmm. been missing and who knows how long of a journey that will be hopefully not too long dave <laughs> yeah uh, because like, I, I, I i want ezra to come home i want to see what lothal I want him to see what Lothal looks like now. Like, oh, that'd be so yeah, powerful. Yeah, like he saw a bit of it when he spoke with his parents the last time he spoke with his parents um, in Legacy, I believe it was in season two, when he saw a very pristine-looking Lothal. That's exactly what it eventually becomes. But I want him to be physically there and just appreciate what Sabine did. Mm-hmm. Um, to to rehabilitate and restore Lothal to what it should have been, and so yeah, I, I need him to be back with his family. You know, mm-hmm. it's you can't keep him too long away from his family. Yeah, it it makes sense to bring those characters back because you can't leave us with that cliffhanger ending and never revisit Ezra and Thrawn. Like you no. know, so I think it's just a matter of time for. I think Dave is truly focused on finding the right way to tell the story in a satisfying. Uh, fashion and that's yeah. very important for him you know he's less about quantity and more about quality yes. and uh, I think that's why it took so long for Clone Wars to get revived because he says you know if I get one more shot at this with one more season what does that got to look like for me to deliver yeah and also deliver not only for the fans but for myself because he's very he, he takes a lot of pride in the work that he does and he wants to deliver the best thing possible so I think when we do get it it's going to be very 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 good. Oh yeah, and I also like that he's getting this other experience in live action where he's meeting people, making more connections mm-hmm. and understanding how things are made in that um area. And I just I, like all the different techniques that he's picking up cuz this will eventually inform whatever he's going to work on next or whatever he's going to work on after that. So I I like that you know, right now he's focusing on these other projects and whatever he's he's gaining through those projects, they're going to show somehow in some of his later work. Mm-hmm. Talking a little bit about translating animation to live action, the first real instance I think we've seen of that is uh, Sam Witwer's Maul coming into Solo, which blew my mind so far backwards. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, Sam Witwer, who I love, is talking on screen right now as Darth Maul (laughs) and who would have thought that the ultimate villain of Solo a Star Wars story is Darth Maul like Darth freaking Maul so what was that like um regardless of what you think of Solo I don't know kind of where you lie on that spectrum but I enjoyed it okay awesome um yeah I love Solo too it's a great popcorn movie I love the castle run I love 
Alden Ehrenreich and Chewbacca's chemistry, the whole yeah. movie, the great performances. Where where do you stand with uh, that kind of move and to bring that character into live action? Like, do you think we can get more of that in the future? And, and was that mind blowing to you as it was to a lot of others? Oh, yeah. I remember when I watched it because uh, at the time, I forget, it might have been just like a weird time during the day. So there was only just me and maybe like two other people in the in the theater. So it was not an indication of of the movie itself, but just just a weird timing during the day. <laughs> <laughs> I had the same situation. I feel you there. <laughs> um, it's like people should be working right now. That's, that's yeah, why. <laughs> like eleven a.m. matinee. <laughs> Tickets are like you know real real cheap, so perfect. <laughs> exactly. Love it. Um, so I I remember watching it, and and I I I remember feeling so. <laughs> So I was laughing hysterically, actually, in my little corner of the theater because I thought, <laughs> oh, my God, this guy is back again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because, you know, Rebels was a little a few months prior to that, I, I believe, if I remember yeah. correctly. And Maul through Twin Sons was done. That was that was the last of him. And I thought, yes, <laughs> you know, I love yeah. Maul's character. But he was tormenting Ezra too much for me. And so I was just like, yes, he's out of the picture. I don't have to worry about him ever again. (laughs) And then comes Solo. I'm like, oh, my God, he's never going to escape. (laughs) Never going to escape him. So, yeah, I, I remember laughing. And and I think the guy at the very end of the the row where I was, uh, he was he was laughing at my reaction. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, I I remember being shocked and just surprised that they managed to bring him in. And yeah, and I saw that it was totally um, Ray Park uh, doing the visuals, and and that was Sam Whitworth's voice. And I thought, oh my god, this is Insane. brilliant! The the combination of these two amazing actors that that's amazing. Yeah, and I hope. It's kind of it's kind of hard to do that with ca- human characters like Ezra. Like it'd be kind of hard to have um, an actor portray that character and then have mm-hmm. Taylor Gray come in. I think it works easier if you're a non-human character. Yep. And so I, I, I thought that was just brilliantly done. And I can't like they need to continue that storyline in some way, even though we know what it ultimately results in. I just I thought that was fascinating the fact that. Maul seeing where he was in Star Wars The Clone Wars and how far he'd fallen how he just managed to just find some place to be able to have this kind of power like I want to see the development of that and how he ultimately loses it and ends up on Malachor in Rebels like I I gotta I gotta have that story now and this is like someone who who was like enough Maul enough (laughs) (laughs) The great thing we haven't really touched on about animation, too, is you can get any person you want to do voice acting for animation. They don't have to fit a certain height. They don't have to fit a certain look for, you know, live action. You can get anybody if they have a great voice and they can act. That's all that matters. And even somebody like Sam Witwer, I think, has one of the top three performances of of the Star Wars animation uh, and, and the Star Wars animation realm. And the way that he acts, when you watch some of the behind-the-scenes footage, he contorts his whole body and screams and the veins pop in his neck. And he is so into it. I'm like, that's the kind of thing where, like, you might not necessarily be able to get that on screen because he's got to act a certain way physically and uh, non-verbally. But when you're just sitting behind a mic, you can do whatever you want to get that voice or that 
uh, performance that you you want. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and I think that's what makes it so special. Stuff. Yeah. Oh, he's so he's brilliant as an actor. Yeah. And him coming back for the Clone Wars season seven is just so great. And I can't wait to see the Siege of Ma- uh, Mandalore. Yeah. Um, oh, and it's God, funny it's how they kind of they did that same technique again because it's Ray Park. Um, they're using Ray Park's movements for that mall fight with Ahsoka. So it's more fluid. <laughs> it's more realistic. And it's just, so I, I love how they did that for live action, even yeah. though he was just sitting in a chair, but they mm-hmm. managed to just do it in animation. And I thought that's, see that I love when they think outside the box that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there, there's a lot of good stuff coming down the pipe for, for animation. And, and that's, I, I really want to, to talk to you about it and get your thoughts on it because you're so passionate about it and uh i i think that really comes through and then the thoughts that you had on it but to 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 wrap everything up today and put a nice little bow on it bring it back to your experience with star wars and, and how much the animation means to you and what it's meant for your podcast and the wookie gunner and all that how do you think you'd be a different person today if you hadn't found star wars because i know you've said you you had a lot of other fandoms that you got involved in but what is it about star wars that really truly makes you who you are today oh yeah i i feel like i would have a very standard life as an adult (laughs) really like I, I, I wouldn't really be attached to anything if it weren't for Star Wars. I think Star Wars was really what opened my eyes to finding something that speaks to me on all different levels. Like it, it shows you how to be a good person. It shows you what happens when you take a selfish route. It shows you uh, what you should ultimately do if you are a selfless person. And, you know, all these different lessons are very hard to find in certain uh, shows and movies. And, and it makes me think. And I think that's what I really love most about it. It makes you think. And it, it changed me as a person because I never podcasted or wrote a or wrote a, 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 had a website before Star Wars. Star Wars is what pushed me to challenge myself in those ways, especially as I mentioned before, where I didn't feel confident enough to do things of that nature. So I I'm thankful for star Wars in that way. And I, I just, I hope that it continues to still tell those stories because it needs to be reinforced. You know, these certain lessons that get lost along our journeys as, as people. And, and one other thing I want to ask you too, is you at, uh, a couple months ago, you were on Lipstick and Lightsabers, who are, are friends of the show here. They've been on a couple times. Uh, Shannon and Alex, hope you're listening. But uh, you sent in your story to them, uh, which if you're listening, go make sure to go check that out because you get to learn more about Jonah Marie. Uh, one thing that stuck out to me and I think is a really, really good takeaway in, in life in general is you can't change how other people react, but you can change how you react to other people. Yes. And you talked about that in the context of uh, online fandom and finding those pockets of people that are positive and, and surrounding yourself with the right kind of people that, you know, lift you up rather than bring you down. Mm-hmm. So what are some of your thoughts too on not even only how Star Wars has changed yourself, but also how you found community with Star Wars and how you've maybe made some new connections and friendships that you might not have made without it? Yeah, I... Star Wars is what led me to be to 
uh, my best friend who is in Canada <laughs> and, <laughs> and we talk every single day and it's because of star Wars and that community is so vast and there's different pockets here and there. And sometimes it's, it's easy to get lost when you see an opinion that's different from yours and it's a very slippery slope to just going off on a rampage every time you see something that's contradictory to what, how you think. And yeah, like what you had uh, mentioned before, it's, it's the way you react. That's what you can control. You can't control how other people react. Um, that's just a fact. And uh, over, I, re I remember when I first started interacting on social media and, and specifically, you know, using that, that as a way to interact with other Star Wars fans, I would constantly uh, headbutt with other people who didn't see things the way that I saw them. And it, it took me a little while to adjust myself. And uh, it's, it's hard. It's a constant decision you have to mm -hmm. make in your head, whether you choose to argue with someone at that point in time or whether you just choose to just, you know, scroll through and let it go. Right. And it's, it's a very difficult decision. It's just like how it's just like that, that lesson in star Wars where you have to, every time you're faced with temptation, it's, it's, it's a constant, it's a constant balancing act. You have to mm -hmm. choose to do good. Um, because it's easy to just lose yourself in the anger and in the hatred. So yeah, finding these, communities has been a mix of wow I can't believe there are so many people who love Star Wars the way I do and then a mix mm -hmm. of a, another mix of oh man these people actually don't think the way that I do yeah <laughs> um, but yeah it's important to find those people that lift you up and I have for sure and uh, just recently I had an amazing experience at the galaxy's edge and I brought two friends with me that were also important in my um, community experience and we got to experience galaxy's edge together. So that was, that was a wonderful thing to do because that I met them first online and then mm -hmm. we got to do this thing together outside of celebration, which is where we normally would meet. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that it's, it's, it's amazing when you can use social media, uh, to benefit your, the development of your fandom, um, yeah. just make sure that it doesn't cr destroy it along the way. You have to constantly make those good and right decisions along the way. Yeah. Nobody should expect everybody to agree on everything in star Wars. It's just a matter of how you express it to others. So, you know, if someone tells you they think something you say, Oh, I acknowledge X, but I think Y, but I also respect what you think. Yes. It's when you meet those trolls online who there's no reason or no talking sense into them or just having a normal conversation. That's, that's when you have to, like you said, change how you react, but you're not ever going to change that person. Mm -hmm. So that's a very important approach to social media, I think nowadays. And, and, and just speaking on fandom itself, I think it's so important too that um, I, a lot of people have been talking to me about this on, on the show recently, just how increasingly diverse Star Wars is becoming as well. And that is so important to the survival. And it's also just the right thing for it because this universe is more than just the, you know, the farm boy, the scoundrel and the princess. There are so many other stories to tell from, 
for people from all different backgrounds. And I, I think that opens up the fandom to bring in new people who find an appreciation for Star Wars. And that's what makes an event like Celebration that's so like feel so global and and so just special. You know, it's not just one particular group of people. There's just so many different breeds of life that come together for one thing. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone has their different entry point and they bring so much to the table. Yeah. Well, we'll just continue to celebrate uh, what we love rather than fight what we hate. <laughs> yeah. Great way to, to insert that in there. That's awesome. Right? Yeah. So that line originally I was like, okay. And now I'm like, I'm a huge fan of it because it, it's just, it speaks volumes to just life, how you should live your life. Just be happy and make friends and, and just enjoy every minute of it rather than, you know, be mean or complain or just, just be nice to people. You know, that's kind of the, the way to live. Yeah. So before we, we wrap up, going to fire a few rapid fire questions at you real quick here. Cool. Favorite movie. Oh, Star Wars, the Clone Wars animated feature film. <laughs> Whoa. Hold up. That is a first. I have never heard somebody say that, but I, I respect that so much. And I want to hear I need to hear more on this. What yeah. What is it about that movie that you love? So I graduated from college in 2008. And soon after is when I started seeing advertisements for this movie. Uh-huh. And I thought, oh, my God, Anakin has a Padawan? How, how, how does this work? This is cool. And, a, and like how I mentioned before, you know, it was combining animation and Star Wars. And I thought, this is, a, this is perfect. Let me go in and buy a ticket. And so... When I went, it was just little old me um, going again <laughs> on a, a matinee show. And it was just me and maybe like five other people. And I remember being so in awe of what what I was watching. And uh, the, the whole story of how Soka becomes his Padawan. And I, I thought that was just so beautiful the way that they made it. And I know a lot of people have their opinions about it, but that's what it has a special place in my heart because of what it did for me. And, you know, that's the first time I fell in love with Rex. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this guy is so cool. He was being force choked by Asad's ventures, but he still managed to give word to Anakin and Ahsoka that this was this something bad was happening. And, you know, you have Obi-Wan and As- Asajj's back and forth banter mm-hmm. and then the Twilight gets introduced. I thought this is this is great. This is Star Wars to me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that you just said that so much because I've never it's not just like a common movie that people go to when they're it's their favorite. Yeah. <laughs> um, but to, for you to have that perspective, like you said, like it's it spoke to you and that's what matters. Right. Like everybody has it's, their own best movie and that's what's flaws for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just wonderful that you can love that movie the same way somebody else loves Empire Strikes Back. And I think that's the beauty of Star Wars. We can all love something differently. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now I want to rewatch that movie. Yeah, <laughs> Thinking about it. do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your uh, favorite episode uh, or arc of The Clone Wars and of Rebels? Oh, oh, man. Okay, so in Clone Wars... I will say that Umbara is one of my favorites, even though I don't watch it often. I just think it was just so well done to portray the clones in such a way that um, you feel for them. And mm-hmm. this this Jedi is just a look at how uh, where things will go with the Sith. And, and so, yeah, I just thought that was brilliantly done. And in 
and and I also love the Mortis arc. I, I have to add that in there. I mean, just that it was genius what they did with that. I know some people aren't aren't fans of it, but uh, I just thought that opened up the Force, um, the mythology of the Force in a way that hadn't been touched on before. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then for Rebels, oh ooh, man, I have a very special place for <laughs> the episode the call it's very random but that was the first episode where the purgle get introduced and oh, you okay. get to see ezra connect with it in a way where he's not paying attention to anything else that's happening <laughs> he's like he just wants to understand why this is happening to the purgle and what we can yeah. do to help the purgle he's the, his interest is not in getting fuel for the rebellion. His interest is this living being is, is requiring our help and we're not doing anything about it, but I want to do something about it. And I just, I love that about him. And so, yeah, that, and just seeing them go off into space, uh, hyperspace was just, I remember the first time I experienced that and uh, my jaw was on the floor. I thought this is, this is amazing. <laughs> right. Animals that can go into hyperspace. hyperspace? What? Mean, God, brilliant and it's so cool uh, and and just the fact that it you didn't know that they were going to play a huge role at the very end like that that just makes the episode all the more special for me um but of course you know i can't leave out world between worlds so that this Mm -hmm. again just flawlessly done yeah i'm gonna watch that tonight now that we're talking about i'm like (laughs) friday night yeah that's for rebels of course (laughs) Um, chopper, bucket, R2, or BB-8. If you're stuck on it, if you're stuck on an island and you have to choose one of them to get you off, to help you out (laughs) or just keep you company as you hunt for fish and, and cook them over the fire at night. That's so funny. I'm going to have to go with chopper because (laughs) I feel like he will be the one to hunt uh, for me, <laughs> like if I'm nice, <laughs> nice to him, and and he'll he'll be able to do that for me because he has the guts to do it rather, yeah, instead of me. Um, but uh, yeah, I think, and he's also very capable. Um, I know he's he has different panels and a different leg and whatnot, but I think he <laughs> is pretty sturdy, both in terms of personality and and I guess hard wires and, and whatnot <laughs> um, and then just uh and just being in a situation like that he'll be able to withstand anything yeah uh favorite star wars quote oh man oh that's tough it, it ranges um i guess i'm gonna go with the first thing that just popped into my mind right now mm-hmm. which is kanan saying trust yourself trust the force to Ezra Perfect. when they first go to the Jedi Temple on Lothal. That is that is great. That is such a great master and apprentice relationship. relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace, Kanan. Oh, oh. We miss you, bud. We miss you. So, so <laughs> when good. you think of Star Wars, what is one word or phrase that comes to your mind to describe how it makes you feel or um, how it has impacted your life? I'm going to go with, it's a very strange word to describe Star Wars, but it's like the thing that I keep learning or being exposed to, and it's the word selfless. I think that every time I think of selfless, I think of Star Wars and specific characters like 
Kanan and Ezra and people who've put their, their lives on the line for the greater good. And yeah, whenever I think of Star Wars, it makes me think of that word, vice versa, because it, that's how we should be. We should think of others before we think of ourselves. That's fantastic. I, I love I love that. And uh, I think that's a great note to leave off on. Yay. You know? <laughs> Perfect. Well, Jenna Marie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really, really appreciate it. Where can our listeners find you and the Wookiee Gunner and uh, the Geeky, Geeky Bubbly or Geeky Bubble <laughs> podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you again for having me. This was a fantastic uh, Anytime. conversation. And I just, I love, I love laughing and talking and, and crying about Star Wars if we went there. So. <laughs> How did you know I was crying? <laughs> And so uh, your listeners can find me over at thewookiegunner.com. And again, that's Wookie with two E's. And they can also find me on Twitter with the handle Blue Jag Eyes. And that's a reference to Captain Rex's uh, symbol, a helmet symbol that he has there, um, which represents his honor and how awesome of a guy he is. <laughs> and uh, they can also find me uh, and my mom chatting about Star Wars over at the Geeky Bubble Podcast, and that Twitter handle is Geeky Bubble Pod. Perfect. Well, from a certain point of view, Jonah Marie has definitely taught us that the future of Star Wars does reside within the animation department, and to overall just be a more selfless person, uh, care for others, be inviting to others, and just overall celebrate Star Wars, celebrate everything you love about it. You know, even if it's a, it's, even if it's a movie that many might consider to be not great, <laughs> if you love it and that movie speaks to you, you champion it till the day you die. Because yeah. that's, that's what Star Wars means to you. And then from a certain point of view, that's what you love. And I think that's a, a really great takeaway from today's episode. So again, Jonah Marie, thank you so much for coming on the show. And if you would like to kick off or uh, take us out of the episode with a good old may the force be with you, you're more than welcome. <laughs> of course. And may the force be with you. It's up to all of you now. And remember, the force will be with you. Always. Hey, friends of the Force, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Jenna Marie is great. She's so much fun. Make sure to go follow her on Twitter. Check out her podcast and check out the Wookiee Gunner content that she has as well. Uh, all, all good stuff. And I just want to give a quick shout out too to our four patrons. We got Neil Lowry, Real Farm Boy, Charlie Skywalker, and Alderanian Rose. Thank you guys so much for your support of the show. And if you are interested in joining the Friends of the Force Patreon, we are at patreon.com slash friendsoftheforce. You can also follow us on Twitter at Friends of Force. So make sure you go follow us there if you're not already. And lastly, we are all ones with the Force. We are all friends of the Force. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>